Welcome to a special episode of the Red Carpet Cafe with your host Eric Root and special guest host Jennifer Scott. And happy 4th of July to everyone from the Red Carpet Cafe. All right. Welcome to a special edition of the Red Carpet Cafe. I am your host, Moonbeam, along with my co-host, Starchild. And uh, we're here to talk about um, peace and uh, free love. No, wait. I'm sorry. That was for something completely different. I am your host, Eric Root, and my special co-host today is Jennifer Scott. Unfortunately, Bree is MIA right now. She is working. How are you, Jen Scott? Hi, and hello, everybody. It's good <laughs> to be here. <laughs> uh, Jen, you and I go back, Way back a few years. Just a few. A couple. Um, <laughs> pre-pandemic, for those oh, that, yes. if you can remember that, because like a pandemic year is like 10 years. That it is really, true. It really is. Uh, but no, we work together at a uh, magical place called uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios mm-hmm. in the Backlands Merchandise mm-hmm. location of the park. If and this day says it all, it was right after the park changed from MGM to Hollywood Studios. That's when I started and that's when I met you. Oh, that's very true. Yes. And then um, eventually after some personnel moves, I became the mayor of Tatooine, which is what I like to call myself and dream that I was the mayor of Star Tours 1.0 and 2.0. Uh, okay. Tatooine Traders. I loved that location. It was a lot of fun. It was a good one. Yes. It's actually what uh, made me watch Star Wars in the first place because I never watched <laughs> it growing up. I am not kidding. I wow. worked there and realized I have no idea what I'm talking about. So needed to go watch Star Wars. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Okay. So I, I need to stop us there because I don't want, you know, the one and a half listeners that I have. <laughs> Bree likes to say we have 300 and I'm like, Hey, I'll take anywhere near that. That would be amazing. Um, we're not discussing star Wars today. We no, we're not, even though I probably sneak it in in almost every episode. Um, <laughs> <Of course you're laughs> but Jen, tell me what, and we all know that the pandemic changed things for everyone and not just on a level of everyone being concerned about their health or health of their relatives and such, but it, it changed everyone's lifestyle for a full physical year, just about. Um, a lot of people, unfortunately, ended up furloughed. Uh, I believe you and I were two that were not. We were mm-hmm. fortunate enough to be deemed essential uh, that we were able to continue to work. But there were a lot of people that had a lot of free time once uh, our particular state of Florida got their crap together on the unemployment which took forever for some, unfortunately. Uh, But it meant that um, some people were able to achieve some life goals. Some people were able to complete Netflix. So they watched every episode ever made, binged it all because they had that kind of free time um, if they were sober. And uh, (laughs) during the pandemic, I had time to be able to watch some things Mm-hmm. when my wife and child weren't taking over the television. Right. And uh, I imagine you probably found some new things as well to fill some of that free time when you oh, yes. were sequestered by the virus. Yes, I watched entirely too much television. <laughs> okay. Yes. So 
give me just a short run of some of your highlights of some of the favorites that you watched. Not all of them. Just name name some of the ones that come to mind, whether they were movies or television, that you said, wow, that was actually pretty, pretty entertaining and killed some time. Okay. Well, this will kill some time. I rewatched all of the Star Treks. Not Are you talking like, like the all TV of them? shows? <laughs> like the originals, Next Generation, Voyager, D Space Nine. All Holy of them. cow. Did you watch like Picard and uh, the newer that was ones? actually a much more recent watch because I didn't have um, what is now Paramount Plus. Right. I did not have access to that until recently. I decided to fold in. Um, so, yes, I have now seen Picard, but I had not seen it. Okay. Um, what about the the other one? Uh, what is it? Discovery? Discovery. I have yet to watch that one. Uh, I've it's seen on my list. I've seen season one. I haven't seen anything beyond that, it, but it, it was it was good. It was definitely good. And I say that because just in case Dwight's listening, I don't want to offend him. <laughs> there you go. I've heard um, mixed reviews on that one. Actually, no, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, the, it, it reminded me a lot of like a, watching a Star Trek cinematic film. All right. So getting back to what you had been watching, you watched all of the Star Trek films or okay. excuse me, all the Star Trek shows. Shows. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It was a rewatch for me. Got it. Okay. Yes. So that was, that was probably the longest and the most TV I watched during the pandemic was just getting through all of that. Okay. Um, but otherwise I, you know, also watched too much of everything else. I went back and now that I have my Disney plus, I went back and watched some old Disney channel, original mu- movies that from my childhood, right. Like um, high school, the musical get your wildcat no. on. No, not that one. <laughs> Further back, like Brink. Oh, and wow. Xenon okay. Girl of the 21st century. <laughs> I was pretty thrilled to see that they had Rescue Rangers and um, Darkwing Duck, some of the older uh, wow. Disney cartoons. Um, I don't know if I looked for Gummy Bears. That was another one I remember too, fondly. I don't remember that one, but my nephew now loves Chippendale, so he loves the Rescue Rangers too. Okay. Very cool. Um, well, I mean, they've had some really good content that's dropped on Disney Plus, especially during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you watched uh, WandaVision. Oh, yes. Okay. And then uh, let's see, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I believe you said you have. Yes, I've seen that one too. Watched all of it. It was fantastic. For this recording purposes, Loki is dropping here soon. Did you know that? I, you know, I think I'd seen the commercials. I just can't remember when. That would be Wednesday, June 9th. The first of six episodes will be dropping every Wednesday of Loki. Wednesdays instead of Fridays. That's amazing. Correct. They chose Wednesdays for some, I'm sure there's some logical reason behind it. Um, And then of course we've got um, Black Widow that's going theater and Disney premiere access that's coming up. Um, next month, I got to tell you, I did not do the premiere access on Mulan. Me neither. I wasn't that interested in that film. The original animated was great, but I don't know. I just, yeah, there's nobody singing in it. There's no Donny (laughs) Osmond. 
I'm like, what's the point in me paying for this? I'm wanting a musical because that's what they're known for. Yes. Uh, to some extent, I would agree with you. I think they stayed true to the story in a way that was very refreshing. Oh, yeah, um, but I'm not paying for to say it's true to the story. I'm paying for music. I'm paying for let's get down to business. I mean, that's... that is one of the best songs of all time. Yes. <laughs> right. But that, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. But I heard it's a good film. I still have yet to see it. I oh. see it on the Disney Plus choices, but unfortunately, my two year old uh, would prefer to watch Bluey um, yes. on a regular basis. So that's in heavy rotation right now. Um, as is, I did spend the money on. Raya and the Last Dragon. I spent the $30 for that, and it was worth every freaking nickel of 30 I bucks. did not spend the money, but I actually saw it today for the first time, and it was fantastic. I was crying. Yes. I think I'm Actual down tears. to... Oh, it's such a good film. It's so poignant, and it's perfect for this generation, yeah. which you and I can always chat about another time. Um, or maybe we have a conversation with Brie as well. So then this way I get other people's perspectives because I've seen this film now about 75 or 80 times because wow. my son loves Sisu. When Sisu's music comes on, when she does the water dance in the air, he is dancing around like twirling in Aww. the living room. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I think it's down to like less than 20 cents of viewing now. <laughs> from paying go. the 30 um i also paid the 30 for cruella i did did you i wasn't at first and then i saw the trailer they dropped on the day it came out mm-hmm. and then i said okay i could go to the theater probably not going to happen um which would mean that emily would be going coming with me so would derek he wouldn't sit still it would end up costing at least $30 to get us into the theater to watch this film and buy the concessions. I can just pay for it now and I'm good to go. Now I'm not going to buy all their films. I'm on the fence on jungle cruise. That's coming out also soon. Yes. Uh, I am going to pay the $30 for black widow because I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to break away long enough to either not have my son with me while Emily works or whatnot. Um, And I know she wants to see it too. So it's another situation for me specifically where it's going to, it would cost me at least 30 bucks to go sit in a theater to do it. I'm not afraid to sit in a theater now that we're all vaccinated. I'm not, I mean, yes, there's always an inherent risk in anything you do in life, but um, I'm feeling more confident about things and, um, so I, I wouldn't be scared to go at this point. But uh, yeah, so that's been pretty much um, my life is working and then seeing these same films over and over. Of course, now my son is into Cars, Cars 2, Cars 3. That's that He's all about that. Every once in a while, we'll slip in an extra ray of showing. Um, or believe it or not, Charlie Brown, the Peanuts movie. He really oh. likes he really likes that one. And when if you've seen it, Charlie Brown, when he does the whole learning how to dance thing with Snoopy, um, my son's out there dancing kind of in tune with the whole thing. So he's key on music, like really huge. 
That's awesome. Yeah. But this is totally not even what we're really going to normally talk about anyways, (laughs) but that's okay. This was added bonus. Um, What I want to talk about is a show that's on Apple plus it's not Ted Lasso. Which is also a great show. Haven't watched that one yet. That's uh, it. you have to, it's amazing. I was like, got laughing so hard that my abs hurt. It was so good. Wow. One out of one Jen approves. That sounds like a hundred percent approval rating right there. I may have to catch that soon. I loved it. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk about one of their other shows that not many are talking about, and that's mythic quest. So funny. I, I watched it. Um, right before the pandemic hit, Mm -hmm. uh, I saw all of the first season and then became a little disheartened because I kept thinking this pandemic is going to kill this show. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do. So for those that are listening, Mythic Quest is really interesting. It's, it's as if, if you've ever heard of or seen the, the HBO show Silicon Valley which is about the tech world. It's like Silicon Valley got together with the computer game World of Warcraft, decided that they were going to have a miscellaneous love child. And this is the byproduct of this show. I mean, it has the comedy there, like Silicon Valley. It has the personalities. And even the last episode I just watched, the CW 1973 backstory, that guy is a character in Silicon Valley who plays the young CW. He oh, plays funny. He plays a character called Big Head. Um, so the premise of the show is that it follows a video game studio that produces a MMORPG called Mythic Quest. It's run For by the, the non-gamers out there. Can you explain <laughs> the acronym, please? Uh, the acronym on the MMORPG is going to be, it's a role-playing game where you're creating a character, it's massively multiplayer online role-playing game is what the actual acronym stands for. So the premise of an RPG game is you create a character. It usually starts off at level one. A lot of times it's medieval themed as this game is, or it could be literally any type of RPG game. Um, there's a few that come to mind, like Star Wars had one where you had a Star Wars character. It was level one. You do quests, you do things, you get experience points, you level up, you get more gear, the higher level you go. Um, and then usually, uh, you, at some point you co-op with others to try and, I'm sorry, that's cooperate for our one listener that doesn't understand co-op, um, would go and then try to take down a a quest and solve it in a group uh, situation. So that being said, uh, the game is run by its creator, Ian Grimm, who's played by... Ian. Oh, I'm sorry, Ian Grimm. Yes. Uh, Rob McElhaney, who is also known, I know him from, it's uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. And... Uh, at the start of the series, the studio is about to release a major expansion pack to its base game. It's called Raven's Banquet. Uh, the game's creative director is uh, Ian Grimm, uh, who argues with the lead engineer, Poppy Lee, uh, and the head of monetization, Brad Bakshi, and the head writer, C.W. Longbottom, played by the impeccable F. Murray Abraham. 
he's the oldest of the group, but he brings so much cred to that role. It's amazing. Yes, he does. Don't forget about David. Well, no, this was just the basis on the first season. This is this is the synopsis as listed on IMDb for this oh, particular show. Yes. They didn't mention David, who was another one of the like main characters. Well, no, I mean, as you get further into it, there's like a further description. This is just a generalized basis as if they were doing an elevator pitch. Um, so David, of course, being technically the bosses at some point of both in and uh, Poppy, yes. but no one takes him seriously because no, he's a pushover. He's yes, total pushover. <laughs> but he means well. He just wants everybody to do their best and make it a great game, but nobody takes him seriously, even though he's everybody's boss, and they always forget it. Everybody right. goes to Ian, and they think that Ian is the boss, but he's not. So I, I think what interested me the most, it wasn't just the fact that, you know, someone listening going, oh, it's about a video game. It's, it's almost like the behind the scenes of it yeah. is really the driving force of it. Yes, the game is the byproduct of it, but when you have the nuts and bolts, you're looking at it, not office style. It's not told like a pseudo documentary, but yeah. it feels sometimes like the camera's just hanging about watching things play out. It's yes. Yeah. And, and so you have Poppy who is like a lead programmer and she wants more out of the situation in the early stages of this first season. Yes, and she does. And she does everything she can to try and win that approval to be able to, to get that spot. But when you have, <laughs> you have Ian in his misogynistic ways of being able to pull off things charismatically. And his head is so big, y'all. He could not fit through any doorway. <laughs> right. His head is so big. But he has some amazing one-liners throughout yes, this entire series. <laughs> yes. The hilarity that ensues in this office is pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, if you if you ever worked with someone who you thought was completely narcissistic, this would be that someone. Mm-hmm. on how he plays his character role um so he he i mean mythic quest is his baby obviously raven's banquet also his baby because it's an expansion of what he knows so he's thought up all of these things and managed to get the right talent surrounding him to create it and what makes the show work so well is the writing. the writing and the people they chose to play these different roles nails it completely. Um, You know, you have the testers that are in that little room and they're playing the game to make sure they find all the bugs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you have Rachel who falls in love with one tester in the first season and then it gets moved out. And then a new one comes in and she suddenly falls in love and she straight up tells you she's gay she's like i fall in love with you know one person and next thing you know she's trying to figure out how to tell that other person or even see whether or not that other person has the same feelings for her and i'm talking specifically now in season two where she's she's always going to carol the hr person 
to talk about her problems. And Carol, yes. Carol, the HR person, in my own opinion, is the best character of the series because she doesn't want to hear any of their bullshit. She even says it. I don't want to hear any of your bullshit. And then (laughs) I think what works well with this show is the fact that at some point you will hear every character say something completely inappropriate that would never fly in the workforce and the person they're telling it to is Carol. Or they would look at him and go, yeah, you know, that's offensive and you can't really say that. And then they would stop. They'd be like, oh, you know what? You're right. Let me turn around and rephrase it a different way so that <laughs> it's still ridiculous, but it becomes softer. And I, it wouldn't work in real work life, but yeah. here it's pretty damn funny. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is very funny. It's super lighthearted and the characters just, you can't even describe how well these characters are interacting with each other and feeding off of each other's crazy energy yes Um, it just makes the show with this show though what what would you say is your favorite part of these two seasons and obviously we don't have all of season two yet there's new episodes yep we're on episode six of season two right now right and they drop them every wednesday at this point um fridays I oh, I'm sorry. Fridays. Yes. No, you're correct. It, it is Fridays. I was thinking Loki there for a second. Um, but what is your favorite part of the show so far? Yeah. So season one ends after episode nine, but then they do this bonus episode that is the quarantine episode and everybody's on Zoom screens, mm-hmm. um, which was fun. But my favorite episode ever is actually this teaser episode that they do to like get people excited for season two. Mm -hmm. Um, So they call it part of season one, but it is episode 11 of season one Everlight. Yeah. That was a freaking amazing episode. By far my favorite. (laughs) It is the way that they interweaved the game into the real life. And they were doing live action role plays. um, Mm -hmm. The, The plot of this one, if you guys haven't seen it, is that the whole office comes together one day a year to celebrate Everlight, which is um, part of the game's history. And uh, so they all- Like a holiday. Yes, it's like a holiday. And so they all come in in costumes and they all play characters. And it is, then there's this uh, battle that they do in the middle of the office space. They just move all the desks to the side and they create <laughs> this arena where they're battling it out to um, they're battling something like the darkness and trying to bring the light. Yeah. They have in. to, they have to train the winner is supposed to take the sword out of the tree and, yes. and the office with the tree and the decorations made it look like they were out in a forest and not an office yeah. building. It was pretty impressive. It was very impressive. If I ever had an office and they went that out all out on a holiday, I would be very impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that'd be a Google thing. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm totally wrong. Maybe. <laughs> but just the overall plot of this one episode, I think encompasses everything that you want from a show. There's funny, there's, you know, feel good moments. The whole moral of this episode is that the light always wins in the end. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I just think that this one episode really just sings 
the best praises of this whole series. And and not to spoil it for anyone who's like, you know what, maybe I need to see this. There is a moment when there's a battle taking place and one of the characters morphs into this CG demon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was impressive. That was so for, cool. <laughs> for a television show, that was impressive how that yes. played out. I really enjoyed it. Um, but what was also good about that episode is, you know, I was concerned. I saw the quarantine episode and it was still, it was funny. It was witty. They did what yeah. they could. They had all the main players that showed up, except CW had some trouble logging in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. But once they showed that and they were able to film safely, you can tell there's still some social distancing kind of going on there. And they even make light of it too. Um, in the office, I, I said, okay, this is going to be a good season and they're able to get it done properly. And everything that happens in that episode still kicks forward into season two so that they'll reference, you know, some of the stuff going on. And uh, when I saw the episode in season two where they were able to bring in Snoop Dogg for the CG concert inside the game, I was like, okay, that was pretty funny. Yes, they have him towering, like in the game, they have him towering over all of the players, right? So he's like this massive, like we're not talking ogre massive, we're talking like... I don't even know how many like Empire State Building massive. It, it would be like towering over the people. It would doing be like this Paul concert. Rudd's Paul Rudd's Ant Man grows yes. to you know a, uh, that's the length of a a building yes. a city building that yes. tall CG Snoop not dressed as a warrior or an elf as Snoop. oh no he's Snoop yeah <laughs> he's clearly Snoop giving a like full-on concert in this game it was <laughs> so cool I would yeah. imagine if you were actually a gamer playing a game and you're like wait a minute Snoop Dogg is coming for a concert I'm there like can you imagine how many millions of people would log into that game that night oh yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely Um, amazing but it is interesting to see the evolution that season one had going into season two when the focus was you know trying to get one of these you know gamers to you know be so that they can sponsor and they can get the the publicity over their youtube pages and whatnot in season one and then now you've got the focus on everybody trying to figure out how they can make this new expansion pack that they eventually settle on a name of and you know you got the head of monetization just like no let's just do a battle royal everyone's doing a battle royal it's big money it's big money and you know, to see how that evolves. I I have a sneaking suspicion that this show, the way they keep going with it, maybe has like a third or fourth season left in it before they kill it. But once they started talking about doing certain aspects, I'm like, in real world gaming, that's usually a a kiss of death. Mm -hmm. The beginning of the end. But, you know, again, that's what makes it good television. Right. And I kind of think it references back to season one a little bit when they bring in. So in season two, you're talking about the episode, they bring Brad's brother in and Snoop. Mm -hmm. And so they start talking about, you know, they've officially launched the battle Royale and it's a huge success, but you're right. It is normally the kiss of death. 
So I think what that is hearkening back to is season one, episode five, that a dark, quiet death episode, right? which is actually just, it's, it doesn't feel like it's part of the series at all. Because mm-hmm. I honestly, at first I was like, why are you even making this episode? It does not okay. fit into the show. The, the only tie in. So maybe I'll, I'll go back <laughs> for people who have not seen this show. Um, this episode, they bring in two heavy hitters, actually. Um, Jake Johnson, who's best known as Nick Miller from New Girl with Zoe Deschanel, and Kristen Milioti, who's actually a Grammy Award winner um, for her lead role in Once on Broadway, but she was also probably better known for the non-theater goers um, as the mom in the last season of How I Met Your Mother. Yes, so it is those two characters. And, and this- she's also in Made for Love on HBO Max, which is a great show that yes, you need to see. Show. I, know, I know. I don't have HBO. <laughs> I need to get HBO. Um, so this whole episode revolves around these two characters. And it is supposed to be the life cycle of a video game, right? Mm-hmm. So you're seeing it from its inception. And they buy this office space. This is the only link to Mythic Quest in this entire episode is that that office space is the same space that Mythic Quest now owns. Right. So I felt like they used this episode, like they couldn't think of anything else to do. So they're like, well, we'll just uh, bring in some big stars and throw this episode in. It didn't feel like it was continuous to the storyline. All you can hope for is maybe that this particular episode will tie in somewhere near the end. Like it'll come I'm hoping that like circle. it was going to be Ian's parents or something. <laughs> right. But it's not. <laughs> yeah. No, um, that's a good, actually the, you bring up a really good point. I remember mm-hmm. kind of thinking the same thing, but I just at the moment enjoyed it for what it was, not knowing what it was. Right. But, uh, but I do think that tie in that kiss of death thing is the first tie in back to that episode in sure. in season 2 cuz they did talk about how you sunset a video game once it's been out there for so long. Right. And so maybe that's maybe they're going to bring some of that in. Hmm, to that's a good point. Season 3 is or hopefully season 3 as as they start <laughs> to sunset the show. Yeah, and I got to tell you I'm also thoroughly enjoying the incredible awkwardness between Poppy and Ian. It just mm-hmm. the way they manage to bounce off each other when it comes to ideas and their uh dialogue well delivered and you know part of you's going I just don't see these two being a thing. But then no. you have, but then you have the episode where she's dreaming that she's, you know, having sex with Ian, right? But she, you know, in her head and friends justifying that, oh, it's just about power oh, and control. That's the power dynamic. I know, but it's still it was semi disturbing. <laughs> yes, I would agree with you. It was semi disturbing <laughs> because in in their real lives, right of the show. No, that would never work. That would never work in real life. Right. They are complete opposites. And uh, no, it kind of gives me the cringe just thinking about it. I mean, come on. Don't tell me you've never had the the power dynamics extreme before. Uh, I can say <laughs> unequivocally, I've never dreamt of sleeping with my boss ever. 
on any level whatsoever. That's just any boss ever though. Current boss aside. <laughs> any boss ever. <laughs> okay, well then maybe it's just everyone else that does that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Abdel was a nice guy, but not so much. Not so much. And it's nothing against him. It's just um no. <laughs> But anyways, uh, yeah, so this show, I would have to say, uh, is definitely high up there. I'm a fan of the multi massive multiplayer role-playing games. Uh, I used to play the Final Fantasy series online, um, loved those tremendously. And uh, But the ironic thing was, is that I always chose to be a healer. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> right. But when I when I played as a healer, everyone wanted me in their party because I was a damn good healer. I knew what the hell I was doing. (laughs) All right. So Jen, um, on a scale of one to 10 iron rings, how many iron rings would you give it? Ian's known for his jewelry from. Oh yes. He has lots of bracelets and rings and From all his travels. How many rings would you say that you would rate this series? From one to ten? One to ten. I'm a tough grader. I'd give it a seven. Okay. No, that's fair. That's I fair. I really uh, like it, but it's definitely not going to be an all-time favorite. It's not going to be a rewatch and rewatch kind of show. Sure. Sure. No, no, no. I, I got you. It's not friends, is what you're saying. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, I would say on a scale of one to 10, I would probably rate it eight and a half rings only because of my experience with games like Final Fantasy, World of mm. Warcraft. Um, those, it, I, I have a soft spot for them, but it's nowhere near, you know, my all time great when it comes to television shows. And I actually come to think of it, I don't know that I have an all-time great television show. Like there isn't one that I sit there and go, oh yeah, that's a 10 out of 10. I would watch that a gazillion times. Hmm, I have two. I have two all-time favorite television shows that I would watch over and over and over again. Okay. Which two are those? The West Wing. All right. Aaron Sorkin. Old Aaron Sorkin. Yep. Um, And the Star Treks, specifically Next Generation. Okay. All right. Is it because like you had a thing for Will Wheaton or something? (laughs) No, actually, I never watched them growing up. I, uh, no, I didn't get into Star Trek until I was graduated from college and my brother-in-law actually got me into it. Oh, okay. Now I'm sad I didn't watch it when I was younger because it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I did watch some of it. I didn't get to watch a lot of it. Uh, To be honest, I don't know what else was on the air at the time. But when it did come on, my dad was usually watching something else. Right. But still, good series nonetheless, though. Fantastic. My parents are not sci-fi people, so I didn't get to watch a whole lot of sci-fi growing up. Ah, fair enough. Well, Jen, I thank you for this conversation. It's been uh, quite joyous, and I'm glad that someone else other than myself has actually watched this show. (laughs) For those listening, you can actually watch Mythic Quest exclusively on Apple TV. And other than that, um, there are some other shows that are on that particular uh, service. So, like some of the some of the shows that I do want to see, I do. I will eventually get to Ted Lasso. I will. You should. It's fantastic. Yeah. 
Um, but there's a new Snoopy show that's coming out or is out now that I'm curious about. But the fact that they have the old school Charlie Brown cartoons like Great Pumpkin and such, uh, which they did make free to people last year during the pandemic, during the holidays, which was very nice of them to do so. I went ahead and got the service anyways, because I wanted my kids to be able to watch those particular shows. And so far I would say that my two-year-old really likes the new year's Eve episode and the, um, the Christmas one, which happens to both tie into the current or more recent uh, Charlie Brown or, or peanuts movie. Because their elements in that movie are in both of those episodes, which he recognized and I thought was kind of cool. That but, is cool. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to add before we wrap this up? Oh, there's so much more good stuff on Apple TV. Um, if you haven't seen it, The Morning Show uh, with Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon is phenomenal. Um, I They are already in production for season two, which is fantastic. Nice. Um, I also watched season one of Trying, which season two just launched. It's about this British couple who are trying to have a baby and realize this is not spoiling it because it happens like in the first episode, they can't have a baby. So then they're trying to adopt. And so it's kind of Mm. their journey um, and their friends' journeys of what's happening around them while they're trying. Very cool. Funny, funny, lighthearted, but you know, also British humor. So if you don't like British humor, you won't like it, but I loved it. That's awesome. I'll have to check out uh, both of those actually. Um, I've, I've seen the previews for uh, was morning show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's another one I just haven't gotten around to. And partially because I don't get the TV as often as I used to, unless it's late at night. It's not a comedy. It's definitely a drama, but it is very powerful. Yeah. You yeah. know what show I miss when you mentioned Aaron Sorkin? Newsroom. Yeah, mm, I miss Newsroom. God, that was such a good show. It's too bad they couldn't bring that back now. I'm sure they'd have a lot more material from the last lot four years. Lots to talk about. <laughs> <to> talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, Jen, I thank you for joining me on this uh, special episode. And uh, so signing off, uh, I'm Eric Root and of course the uh, purveyor of free hugs, Jen Scott. I've, Thank you for having me. I've I've never let that joke die. I even mentioned that joke in the Star Wars uh, podcast with uh, Dwight. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, you've been listening to the Red Carpet Cafe and as always, the Red Carpet Cafe is a member of the Be Kind Rewind podcast network. For more information, you can visit us on the web at bkrpn.com. On the next episode of the Red Carpet Cafe... Bree, I gotta tell you, there's been some very interesting shows that have been dropping left and right... And you're the one that actually told me about this one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we talk about this amazing show, Panic. And the generic description on this show, Panic, is what happens when you take 
a bachelorette named Katie Thurston and you put 30 crazy guys in the same room <laughs> and let her have a handful of roses and give them to you don't give a rose to the guy in the box why did you give a guy in a box a rose I oh been like, I thought he was so sweet I'm like creeper <laughs> I'm not going to allow you to have a rose but I kind of get why you gave it to the kitty cat guy even though that was also borderline a little strange but hey my understanding no. is is that this bachelorette busted out a glittery vibrator in her season uh with the bachelor but this is she clearly did. not the show panic i'm talking about this is nope. i just couldn't wrap my head around and harmonica guy would have been booted the moment he busted out the harmonica i'm just saying i'm just saying 